The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of Thunder and Rock and Roll. And today, David Arquette makes his Talk is Jericho debut. He's been focusing on his wrestling career. Yes, working the indie scene, mostly in Southern California, redeeming himself for what he feels was a less than stellar run in WCW. Uh, of course, we always hear about David Arquette being the champion and kind of how that's a kind of a joke around the wrestling world. Well, that bothered him. Uh, his run in the WCW in the 90s uh, was something that he wasn't happy about. And he felt that he really wanted to redeem himself. Now, David was a WCW champion in 2000, but it wasn't a great experience for him. He's going to explain why. He's also talking about the Scream movie franchise, the Ready to Rumble film, and one of my all-time favorites, Eight-Legged Freaks. Let's get to it. Show business legend David Arquette starts now on Talk is Jericho. So we're here uh, in the backyard at David Arquette's house. And it's funny, I haven't seen you since we did the uh, George Lopez show. Oh, yeah, man. Remember? Was yes. it like totally clip to the heart and sing <laughs> off or something? You crushed me. <laughs> I have to, you know, I have to say, I didn't know <laughs> this song. I honestly didn't. Also, it was a big surprise to me that we were going to be singing. But well, uh, I remember the concept was like they were going to have us do something in the ring or something. And I was like, that's, yeah. that's so cliche. Can we do something else? And they said, well, you guys can have a sing off. Yeah. And you showed up with like a macho man outfit on or something like that. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, I don't know the song. But uh yeah, it was it was it was funny, but that was probably four or five years ago. Yeah. And obviously it's such a an interesting story to me, which is why I'm excited to be doing this, is that you got into wrestling, then you got out, and now it's like the comeback kid. Yeah. <laughs> You've been everywhere over the last yeah. six months or so. Yeah. Uh, I guess the easy question is, what made you decide to get back into the business or to get into the business yeah, seriously? Seriously. I don't know. I was just kind of sick of uh, being a joke. You know, I never really, really wanted people. I don't think, be, and it doesn't feel good to be the butt of the joke. I, I don't know. I, I get a lot of humor out of just joking about myself or you know not taking myself too seriously or but then when people just kind of keep doing it and i don't know there was just an evolution in wrestling where smaller guys were starting to do stuff um because it was always the punchline and we'll talk about it was that you know the wcw champion david arquette yeah or, yeah, or david arquette yeah, yeah or david arquette killed wcw because <laughs> i always use like a uh, like for a, like you know if i talk about a small town i always use like uh uh sheboygan yes and that's always my go-to and the david arquette punchline was always the go-to yes. for a lot of ways as a a, a champion you know, an undeserved or whatever, a gimmick yeah. or whatever it was. So you're telling me that that really started to bother you over the years. It did. Wow. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. I guess like, I don't know why. I mean, I guess the, the creation of the internet where it just like then magnified its voice, mm -hmm. you know, and then books like the death of WCW and everything just kind of people just kept doing it. Always left a bad taste in my mouth mm -hmm. because uh, I love wrestling. I've always loved wrestling and, Part of the reason I did Ready to Rumble is because I love wrestling and I was going to be able to meet Macho Man and all these guys <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and get yeah, to yeah, hang yeah. out with them. And, you know, when I was offered the opportunity to to, to go and, and I did one thing and I came out and it got a big pop and they were like, but you should come and, and hang out for a month. And 
Mm-hmm. Then that'll happen. So okay. let's, let's, let's talk about this. So, so this, this is where it all started. Is is they were doing the movie Ready to Rumble, which yeah. was very WCW influenced, and in that yeah. there was all the guys in it were WCW guys, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and you were the star. Yeah. And then because of the tie-in, they had you come on to the show. Yeah, they had me come on the show, and even in like uh, in WCW, I, uh, I mean, in Ready to Rumble, I become a wrestler at the end of it. I'm the law. I like come out and I have a gimmick and. And the final shot is like I'm hopping in a, you know, like a, I don't know what those things are called anymore, a Humvee, oh, yeah. you know, a convertible Humvee, and oh, we nice. like is that right? Yeah, we we take <laughs> off, and you know, I'm I'm a wrestler, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the movie. So I think part of the idea was, well, he's a wrestler in the movie. Have him come out and do something in the ring. But the real reason was that I was a true fan, and when I came out, I was like walking around with this little belt, just a little like replica of the belt and i had all these guys signing it because i was but you know while we were doing the movie i got to know pay diamond dallas page and mm-hmm. um canyon and was canyon, very instrumental canyon right? yeah. was super instrumental yeah. in it and helms shane helms was my yeah he was my 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 uh stunt double so i got to know all these guys and booker t and all these guys just hanging out so when i got to go on the show it was an opportunity to just tour and see behind the curtain and mm-hmm. be a part of it but then i was never really a part of it so mm-hmm. then then i didn't know what i was doing really because you know i hadn't had any formal training i was kind of thrown out there you know you know it because you're you're a legend but uh you know you, there's so much you have to learn like and there's no way to learn it unless you start going in the ring and being a part of it and trading and taking those bumps over and over again and and then uh just getting your body used to it and you know ring awareness and all the and then how to tell a story and match construction and all that stuff but you don't really i didn't really learn any of that so they would just say stand here they didn't want me to do anything because they thought i'd get hurt and and they had like an insurance policy on me or something. They're like, just stay over here and you get kicked out of the ring and just move over there. Right. Just kind of stay out of the way. So, I mean, it was it was fine, but it wasn't like I got to do anything. So I always kind of wanted to. And then I, throughout the years, go to different uh, like WWE events or whatever. I once wrote on a little piece of cardboard, former champion with an arrow down. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, but let's, but let's let's talk about how you became the champion in the first place. Because okay. I wasn't in WCW at the time. I'd already moved mm, to yeah. WWE, so I'm not really too sure of the story. So they uh, had the you stand around. The story is I came out and like, I don't know, the first time I, I came out was like in, I don't know if it was either here or was, uh, or the second time was Colorado Springs. I was somewhere. And uh, they were like, it was also also vague. They were like, just stay out here. And then uh, when he comes out, you're going to jump the rail and go in the ring. And something will happen. Something will happen. And then somebody will hit you or something. I, I don't remember a lot of it either anymore. <laughs> but I did that. And people were like, yeah. They were like, you know, were into it for that moment. So I think that gave them the idea like, oh, wow. That got a good reaction. WCW was going through it's sort of a weird time mm-hmm. and uh they were like oh this will bring us some attention kind of thing so i think that's sort of why i did it i mean i still stand by the thing like if it was if ready to rumble had been fast and the furious and it was a huge hit it would have been a different story sure you know what i mean sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just wasn't a big hit i it mean it wouldn't be the first time i mean you know vince mcmahon was the champion once you know right. uh, I mean, arnold schwarzenegger beat up triple h like guys would come in mickey, mickey rourke knocked me out with one punch i mean oh man you know what i mean like yeah. right but so was it was it russo that was the champion at the time or who'd you know oh i beat i yeah well i beat eric bischoff okay that's so and it was a tag team match but you know, all for themselves. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Four way yeah. dance or whatever. And uh, it was just by chance. And you know, who I really blame it on is the, the referee. I mean, these, I mean, the referees, they're very talented in <laughs> wrestling. They are, but they get things wrong all the time. But yeah, so the ref came in and, and Jeff Jarrett had pinned Dallas Diamond Dallas Page, but for some reason he didn't see him. He saw me pinning. 
<laughs> Eric Bischoff, so then he counted me out. Sorry, we're getting attacked. That's all, yeah. We're coming, they're coming, I think they're coming for us right now. Ardent wrestling fans that are blaming you for the death of WWE, they're going to dive bomb us. <laughs> Spitfire. <laughs> Did you, but, you. What, was your, what was your reaction when they told you, I'm assuming earlier in the day, that like, hey, we got on this four-way match, and David, you're going to win and become the champion. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Was this uh, your first match you'd ever had? Um, I may have had one match before that. I mean, I jumped in the one time. Okay. Then I came back, and I may have like done something else. But it's like basically one of your very first one few of my matches, very yeah. first few matches, and then they said, "Listen, yeah, we're gonna." Uh, they they had to. I, I always get weird about talking about some of this stuff because I don't want to break the whole thing. But then some a lot of people know about this stuff. Yeah, yeah we're we're all cool here. I know. It's a safe zone here on Talk we're, is Jericho. We're, we're in a safe zone. <laughs> I got in trouble last year for having Kenny Omega on the day after we worked the Tokyo Dome show. Oh no, Kenny! But it's like it's, I feel it's like a movie. You know, like you watch the yeah. the Blu-ray commentary track and hear stuff that made the movie what it was. Yeah. You know. But oh wait, wait, you guys were at the Tokyo Dome. You didn't hate each other. We yeah. didn't. Yeah, we're actually, we're actually, we, we hate each other now, though. That's, we're about to hate go, each other there again. There yeah. we, we had a, We had a moment of reconciliation <laughs> yes. for that hour on the podcast, no, and that was it. That was it. He was out yeah. the door. Yeah, everyone can be professional. <laughs> but I mean, just say yeah. as much or as little as you want. No, no, no. But yeah, so they were like, this is the direction we're thinking of going and everything. I also didn't know I could say like, no. I did say... Well, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, people are gonna hate me, and, uh, or they're gonna hate the idea. And, hate the concept and, of yeah. it. Yeah, and they explained that it would be funny, get a lot of press, and they said, "Well, you have to stay on till uh, the next pay per view, which was like, like a month, a few weeks away." And I was like, "That's awesome! I get to travel with you guys, and like, you know, this I got a dream to, for you. Yeah, yeah, I got to hang out with Hulk Hogan and, <laughs> and Ric Flair, and like." These were my heroes. They still are my heroes growing up. So, And this is at the time when you were like emerging as a legit leading man. Yeah. With Ray Rumble and Scream and all that stuff that was going on. So you were, yeah. you were a big name. I, yeah. I had <laughs> My career was doing all right at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It was crazy. I was, you know, in the middle of doing a 3,000 Miles to Graceland, which mm -hmm. was another film. So while I was doing it, I I had already said, well, I'm going to have to go up and finish like because I have to film a couple of days on this movie in Vancouver. So when I went up there, I said, well, you can bring the crew and we'll do something with my ex-wife, Courtney Cox and, mm. and, and Kurt Russell, who are in the movie. So I got them <laughs> on the show, which was cool because he like. He took the position of uh, all the fans. Where it was like, "You're the champion." He kind of laughed at me. I'm like, you know, Hollywood's a lot like wrestling. I mean, you know, there's like certain things. Hmm. I don't know. I could probably beat up Kurt Russell, <laughs> but nobody, nobody. No yeah, I don't know. He's still a tough he's guy. Snake Plissken, man. No, man. he's he's a tough guy. You, you just said before we get to you, hit on something interesting to me yeah. right there. You said Hollywood is a lot like wrestling. Yeah. How do you how do you mean? Politically? Um, politically. Yeah, politically for mm -hmm. sure. It's interesting. I mean, there is definitely cliques and you know, you have to get in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's people you know, sometimes it's just sheer talent, sometimes it's drive. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like uh sometimes you're tougher than you know, you might have to play the kid who gets beat up but you could easily beat this guy up if yeah. you have to yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what i mean if you get into a real fight but um i often use the analogy whether it's acting or wrestling or if you're in a rock and roll band a front man you have to connect with your audience yeah man. if you can connect with them they'll always you know pay to see what you're doing yeah. and that's something i think is very similar in that respect oh dude hollywood and wrestling for sure it's been like one of the biggest eye-opening experiences that i've had mm. is that connection with the audience right this whole thing is like so much deeper and that's sort of why i wanted to come back to really understand it understand why people hated me so much you know mm. what's wrestling all about why are the fans so angry or so you know uh connected to it and the only real way you do that is by going in there and really kind of, you know, experiencing it and, you know, having all the sort of ups and downs that you have to go through in that journey. And then then you get relaxed enough to then, like, you know, 
time goes so fast inside a wrestling ring. It's like in your head, it seems like it's taking forever. But I'll look mm. something back and it's like a split second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally like time travel, like like your flash or That's something. That's the saying though. If it feels like it's too long, Slow. wait longer. Yes. Yeah, I got that. Somebody told me that, too. If you feel like you're going too slow, slow down. Yeah. Like, that was, like, uh, pretty instrumental. Like, it's interesting that you said that, man. That's something that, that you know, not to patronize you, but you can tell that you're learning the business. Oh, because yeah. that's something I learned not very long ago, maybe only 10 years ago, when you're oh, wow. double sell or something, don't Jeez. move. I say all the time, don't move, don't move, don't move, because you want people to react to what's going on. Right. You know? Man. Oh, and the and the whole the whole element of of selling is just so huge, and then levels of selling. Mm -hmm. This guy's bigger, and, and it hurts more. And you know, uh, you know, you could get away with this, and you can't get away with that. But you know, he's gonna hit me. I'm gonna react, but react and like you wait for a reaction of a reaction. And then a reaction, and then a reaction. <laughs> like there's like degrees of yeah. stuff that's really interesting to like, uh, just to navigate and figure out. And then, and then the thing with the audience, like you said, <laughs> the fans, where you just can like look directly at them, or you hear one of them say something specific, and then you have like this, oh, you know, connection with them. And then that's what this is about. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Was it interesting for you thinking of like when you're filming, for example, it's shoot here, change the angle, shoot, take one, take two, take five, take 67. Wrestling, there's one take, there's one chance it's live. Yeah. Was that uh, a tough transition for you? Yeah, that's a that was an interesting one. It was just <laughs> everything. It's you know, it's a, it's the theater of the absurd, but it's also theater of life, and it's you know, and it's big. You know, people like. That's another thing, as far as like the speed goes, there's also the degree of like, of selling or reacting to something where I feel I'm stomping across the ring like a little baby. Like I'm literally in my head saying I'm stomping across the ring like a little baby. <laughs> and then I look back on it, it's like, I look a little upset. Right. You know right, what I right, mean? Right, right, right. I mean, I couldn't believe the differences in like, if it's shot from over here to what you're feeling right but there. But you're playing to the to the camera. Yeah. Whereas in wrestling you have to play to the guy in the back row. Yeah. Of the of the arena. Yeah, and I've done plays too where there's some some similarities. That's true, yeah. But no, I mean like yeah, I'm used to okay, we have the wide shot. So we're going to like, you know, we have freedom. Like if you're going to do something and figure it out, you know, if you want to work something, that's an interesting table and props situation here that my character would be interested in that would, I don't want to talk about this, so I'm going to go, you know, entertain myself with something on this table just to try to get away from this, mm -hmm. whatever, like, drove me to that table. Right. And then when we get to that table, that's where that conversation happens. And when that conversation happens, we get to this part, that's where... You know, that's why I don't want to talk about how I, you know, hurt about this situation. And that's where you're going to, like, you know, save it. Like, mm -hmm. that's where you wait. Or you know, I don't even think Not save so much as that's where when you get into your close-up where you want to really connect. So that's like a, like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. To play that. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. play that. And then to then you do it in the ring it's a whole different thing it's when you first see your opponent you know what i mean and all these things but then then all that stuff all the subtle stuff starts playing too which is crazy in wrestling mm -hmm. where then it's like you know 
you i don't know it's just such a bizarre it's amazing such a transition experience. for you yeah yeah just just sipping back to to um uh when you won the title what was the reaction because like you said this is pre-internet were you getting good reaction bad reaction people pissed off care at all i always think uh, i i don't know i it's kind of i don't want to be controversial or anything but uh i i think of it as like a 30 percent rule like I consider myself a mark because of the old term, like, you know, you're at the carnival, you get hit on the back with the, with the chalk and you're walking around, you got a chalk hand mark on your back and they know you're the guy to sell everything to, or to like fool in this situation. Right. But I'm literally that guy. I mean, somebody will say something like, dude, I just, you know, I just crashed my car, but you know, I just got out. I hijacked another car, and um, uh, that's how I got here. I'm like, what? What are you? Uh, that's you can't. We gotta. You, you can't do that. We gotta Mark get sla- rid of this car. Mark you know? slash gullible, right? Yeah, now. totally, yeah. totally gullible. So I think like there's a percentage that are just always gonna believe, and I'm in that percentage. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that suspend their disbelief and just go along with it and love it. And then there's people that just are analyzing it all and like you know totally on top of it so i think there's all all different levels i don't know what was the question oh but the reaction yeah yeah the reaction was um was very mixed you know i always wanted to bring the belt out to the fans and have them take pictures with it and and then uh i was doing that one time right after i got it and and going around and then boom i get hit in the head with like a dirt like a big ball of dirt and it's in my eye and i can't see and i look up and it's this little black kid he's about <laughs> eight years old and he just gives me the finger and i'm like <laughs> i couldn't believe yeah like pure hatred pure yeah. and utter hatred and then i was like oh man so yeah when people like believe and they really believe then it gets crazy because sometimes People are like, you know, do you want security? And like, like, like what do you want? some people really kind of do hate you, which is crazy. And I guess that's what heels are supposed to do. And that's but you weren't necessarily a heel at that point in time. That's the problem. Like, right. I wasn't a heel. I mean, I turned at the end and became a heel. And you should really never, ever trust any from from Hollywood. I mean, it was, was their bad in the first place. Really. I mean, I'm an actor after all. Who did you lose the title to? You know, I never lost the title. Oh, Chris. Still the champ. Well, I'm not still the champ, but I never lost oh, it. Did you rescind it? I sort of did. Yeah. I, uh, I was on top of the triple cage during the match where I could have easily just taken the belt. Easily. And I chose not to. Right. You see, because yeah. I understood I wasn't supposed to be the champion. Mm-hmm. It was just a bad referee decision. Again. <laughs> then, uh, so then, you know, I had a, you know, a Jeff Jarrett's guitar mm. just in case he came up. But okay. when he and Diamond Dallas Page came up at the same time, it was at that moment that I chose the dark side. I don't know. I, I just really, at that moment, I was like, you know what, Dallas is yeah. it's just so positive yeah, and all yeah. this stuff, you know. You're thinking this guy's going to be a yoga instructor someday. Yeah, like, yes, exactly. I had to take him down a couple notches. <laughs> so, yeah, I hit him with the guitar. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett won it. So then, so then, like you said, so then, then, you, then you go back and, and go and continue acting and all this stuff. But over the years, like, dude, that was 20 years ago, 1998, yeah. 1999. Yeah. So what was, like you mentioned, you're sick of being the, the punchline. What actually was like the final straw for you to go, I'm going to get back in? What was the final straw? Um, No, I'd have to say it was more of a, you know, I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to do this forever. I was putting on a bunch of weight. Oh, I went to WrestleMania weekend and I'm walking all around. Yeah, last year. And I had this kind of feud going on with a few people. RJ City, one of the besties. This Other wrestlers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Matt Fidget. So I was, I was there and I saw Matt Fidget and I went into the ring and I said, you know what, let's get a date. So we still don't have a date. I still owe Matt Fidget a, a, mm-hmm. a match. I got injured and I had to cancel. And 
and all that. But uh, but then uh, I met RJ City, so that I uh, I fought him. He was my first match back. What, did you train at this point? I see you have. A, you were sitting in your backyard. There's yeah. a wrestling ring. <laughs> there's there. a wrestling ring yeah, in my which backyard. Which is great. Every kid's dream. Yeah, yeah exactly. I feel like I'm at Stu Hart's house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I, uh, after I started training, I got this wrestling ring back here so I could train back here. And, Who did you train with? Uh, Peter Avalon. He's an amazing wrestler, SoCal wrestler. Out of championship wrestling from Hollywood and championship wrestling from Arizona. So did you call him up and say, I want to get back in? Or did you know him? Like, were you going to these shows? I called, um, yeah, I was going to a few of the shows. I went to championship wrestling from Hollywood. They do an amazing filming on Sundays where you can go. Dave Marquez is an incredible right, guy right. out there. And he, uh, and I know uh, Dave Lagana, who's, mm-hmm. who's involved with NWA now. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've known him for years. He actually planted a seed a long time ago about me coming back. So it was little things. You know, you have your core group of friends that you kind of uh, hang out with. And, and well, you don't. You're, you're a legend. But when you're a wrestling fan, you have these fans that you're friends with that on top of just being friends or even if you work together or whatever, you also geek out on wrestling. So when they're in town, you go to matches together. You even plan going to like you know, uh, WrestleMania together, like, you know, the weekend or the different fan things. So that was part of it. Uh, I know that's not so clear, but I guess it led up to that. And I was just so out of shape at at WrestleMania and, uh, and just watching the whole thing and going to a lot of the little, little shows around Mm -hmm. and going to ring of honor and, and just seeing all the different sort of stuff going on. Uh, and just like loving wrestling, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Yeah, let's go for it." And you've been working quite a bit. So that was just over the past year, then. Yeah, it's been this, right? year, been this year, this year, and then I started doing a documentary about it. Oh wow! Yeah, so we've been filming a documentary like about your return, sort of thing. Yeah, or? just sort of like yeah, and it's really a love letter to wrestling. You know, mm. I went to Tijuana and had an eight man. Uh, <laughs> match yeah and uh that was that was really my first match back and then rj city was my first singles match back the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you have like a booking agent? Or are you calling around? Or I just no. I'm just people are reaching out to me, and uh, I'm. I, I guess I'm. I call a few people. I don't really get calls back so much. But <laughs> I had a meeting with uh, with some people you know i did something with wwe way back i i had come back once before and uh was a guest host on raw mm-hmm. and that was a amazing experience again just to sort of be back scream 4 was coming out and it was sort of a way to promote it but i was also going through a divorce at the time and it was i wasn't in my best sort of mind, <laughs> mind frame set, yeah. yeah so it was kind of like <laughs> awkward showing up and, and it was in new orleans and me and new orleans have a love-hate relationship (laughs) sister new orleans yeah so i like came out and i don't know i think uh i might have upset some people over there so uh but it's interesting like following your your comeback and then and once again like i respected that because i you know i thought this is really cool that he's getting in and doing it because anybody that that follows their dream and even though you're super successful in this other world i know that i do the same thing in music right right but you know, I watched a couple pull-aparts, a couple of things. He had a couple uh, like push pushing matches and stuff, and then I saw this fucking match with the with the barbed wire and the glass oh, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you know, watching it and knowing the business, I mean, I'm th- assuming, unless I totally am being gullible, put the hamper back. Yeah. That that did not go according to plan. No. It looked like the finish was 
a little bit yeah no that fighting was back it. and all that shit so what what happened because first i was like what the fuck are you doing in these matches dude like yeah you know I, I understand why you're doing it because you want people to respect what you're doing i'm assuming mm -hmm. and i do respect it but that was a real brutal yeah that was brutal. ugly you know yeah that was ugly who was that you worked with that was Nick Gage. Nick Gage. It was like a, CZW or something? Uh, or? No, it was uh, Game Changer. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had agreed to do everything that I did. Mm -hmm. It just... Uh, what was the mindset I learned of a, a death match in I, the first place? See, I didn't know the difference between a death match, even though I'm a fan. And I do know now, but I always... I didn't know that they're that much different. A death match and a hardcore match. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just didn't know that if it's that. tables, chairs, and a, a, you know, crutch or a yeah. or a signpost or like a stop sign, that's kendo okay. Kendo stick or whatever, right? A kendo stick. But if you bring glass into it and barbed wire tacks, then it's a death match. I, I just didn't really know the difference. It wasn't explained to you. Problem. Well, I mean, I'd watched them. Yeah. But I didn't also know that there was this degree of like, oh, that's garbage wrestling. Like, I didn't even really know that term. I just thought hardcore was deathmatch. I thought that was all the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought tables and everything was kind of part of that. Like, right. so I thought I was doing like a hardcore match. Although I agreed to like stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Because I'm not afraid of like, that's part of me coming out and doing this. It's like, so like, oh, you know, so people think that's hardcore like jumping off crazy high heights or you know getting smashed with things i could do that i'm not scared and and you know pain's not a real problem for me i mean so i thought until i started taking all these bumps and <laughs> i broke three ribs in tijuana and wow yeah i've had an elbow surgery already i mean i went i may have done it really quick but i have taken the like you know the quick course on on it all but yeah, so something sort of went sideways, and I just learned a lot in that ring, and I, l I learned a lot in that match, and I learned specifically just some of the nuanced stuff that you kind of can't talk about, mm -hmm. but it is about protecting yourself at all times. It's also about uh, sort of even if something goes wrong, sticking to the plan. So that's sort of, uh, you know, what I what i what i learned because i'm looking is this scar yeah. neck like this is i got super like, lucky because i was worried that i was gonna die so because i went out of the ring and i went to my friend who was there and i was like is it pumping because i knew that if it was pumping i was gonna bleed out cause they didn't have an ambulance you have a big cut right, right in your throat yeah close cut, to your juggler vein yeah i cut it right yeah right was that there. barbed wire no or this glass? was this was a light tube <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't supposed to pull his legs, and I pulled his legs. Mm -hmm. And as I was turning, it hit me in the neck. So you're thinking this might be bleeding me out now? I thought I was going to die, yeah. Wow. So I went to my friend, and I said, is it pumping? Because I knew if it was pumping, they didn't have an ambulance. There's no way that it would have, I could have held it in. I would have lost right. too much blood. And, right. And uh, he said, no, it stopped pumping. So then I was like, okay. So then I went back just to finish the match. That's a, that's that's a trooper right there, man. That's yeah. a tough guy. I would have said, "Fuck it." <laughs> I, did, I, I mean, I wanted to finish the match, but we didn't finish it the way we could have. But I just also didn't know, like, my neck was like, you know, they had to sew the uh, muscle up too. Wow. Yeah, and it kind of popped up, but um, it is what it is. I learned a lot. I learned an, another. You know, there's a line in Ready Rumble that says, "Wrestling's not fake," and it's this like. And I had a real argument with the uh, the director, Brian Robbins, on that. Because he was like, I was yelling it. But it was like with a scene with my father. My father always says, like, wrestling's stupid. And now you're never going to amount to anything kind of thing. And he said, you're sitting here watching that fake wrestling. And being a fan and having people say that always, you know what I mean? And not wrestling not getting the respect it deserves. I was like, no, ah, like, like that was my like rage that I was like, shut up, dad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I did it like that. And he said, all right, let's try it some other ways. And I did it lower, but it just was, it isn't the same if you're not like passionate about it. So until I did this experience of actually getting in the ring and doing all this, I never knew how real it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's 
like brutally real on yeah. way so many levels. Like you said, in this this live theater slash stunt show, yeah, had it exactly. gone one millimeter either way, you could have died. You yeah, know? you know yeah. That, that's something I think uh, the, the word fake to me is not correct. I yeah. mean, it's a show; it's predetermined. It's a, a script, not that it's written, but we're we're acting a, a performance out. But it's just as legitimate of a sport as as figure skating or you know, yeah. rhythmic gymnastics, where a judge is giving you a score. Oh hell like, yeah! This is a real it's a real contest uh-huh. of dangerous proportions, or it can be. Yeah, you know, when you finish that match, were you thinking, yeah, "I want to do more of this," like wrestling, or were you thinking this wrestling thing has gone too far? Or I don't know. I mean, after my first match, I was like, "Oh, I guess I mean I could be done now." You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah. But then I had, I still had so much to learn, and then you start, it starts getting in your blood, and then some of the reasons why you loved it as a kid, you start loving it as a performer. Right. Then it's like, and then there's, then there's the nuances of going to these different small towns and seeing America in a way you've never seen it before, the mm-hmm. world in a way you have never seen it before. Then it's like, oh, you know, and then meeting the fans and the and the different areas and the different kind of fans and the different, you know, levels of of emotions you go to where one's really janky but got super hard and the nicest people they're just happy that you came to their town and like, you know, when you start doing stuff like that, it I don't know, there's it's really eye opening and kind of pushes you. You're also like every time like. You know, just you know, pushing yourself to a limit, and then just like trying to tell a story and be honest, like try to connect, like honestly, with real emotion. Really, kind of get these people on your side or hating you or whatever the thing is, is just all really fun experience. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and a and a venue or a style or a arena or a show that is like no other Mm -hmm. which is really what i love i mean i just went to a boxing match and uh you know and i go to mma and stuff like that and that's all insane and crazy but i don't know there's there's some crazier stuff that happens some of those boxing matches when it's like like a chess game yeah you know obviously they're great fighters so they'd be able to hit each other more you know what i mean and or their you know their defense is really good but still, like some of the stuff, I mean, I was watching that the Pacquiao fight. And I was like, well, you know, that was a fight with Broner. And I was like, I've had wor- worse matches. Than- <laughs> Literally, I've had more. Isn't that every Pacquiao fight at this point? <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. But those yeah. are good boxers. You know what I yeah. mean? Floyd Mayweather, everyone says like, oh, his fights aren't that exciting because he knows how to evade punches that's what he does and then he's just tactically yeah which is incredible but it's not as physically challenged i'd love to see him go a few (laughs) (laughs) a match like do a crazy match i mean you you do it one time i mean you you get into it and you do it and then you're like oh (laughs) no it's just funny because um when he had the fight with connor last year for some reason, I was just Googling something or other, and I saw, I forgot that he had hosted Raw. All right. And we had done a, a, a face-to-face thing, and I was like, kick your ass, Mayweather. Oh, and yeah. you see this stuff, and you like, forget, like, holy shit, how could I forget that I was in the ring with Floyd Mayweather challenging him to a fight? No kidding. You know? That's amazing, man. You know, I forgot that I was, like, looking up, like, worst things in WCW, and obviously I'm, like, on the top of the list. (laughs) But I was, like, worst matches of all time or worst storylines or something. And then there was a Buff Bagwell's mother thing, and I'd always heard about it, and I was like, oh, God, I got to watch this. (laughs) And I'm watching it, and then I come driving out on a (laughs) pitchfork. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot I was even part yeah, of this storyline. a pitchfork or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I was driving the pitchfork. And I was completely at a moment of, like, I have no recollection of that. Yeah. Completely. How many shows do you do, like, is it a, uh, like per month, let's say? Uh, not too many. I mean, I've, yeah, I usually do them in little patches. So gotcha. I'll have, like, two, you know, if I do, you know, I've, I've, the most I've done is, like, four in a month. Mm-hmm. So it's not a lot compared to a lot of people, but 
you know, I I had a string of uh, yeah, just probably. But are are you getting what you what you want to get out of it? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I've met some really incredible people. Uh, Hale Collins and Vic Delicious of the Now are incredible guys, and like you meet these guys, and you're like, oh, I'll be buddies with these guys for a long time. Working with Tommy Dreamer and having listening to him tell stories, yeah, and great. we got to go to House of Hardcore. Have you worked House of Hardcore? Yeah, great. And yeah, Bully Ray threw me through a table, <laughs> which I still feel oh, to this I'm sure day. He did. I'm like, I'm sure oh, he did. <laughs> it's like brutal. But yeah, I mean, I'm learning. I'm still like, I'm still. I mean, I, I've talked to people that say I'm still learning stuff who've mm-hmm. been in the business for. No, oh, decades right here yeah right, right. Here. still learning always, stuff no always, kidding dude, I, wow. I learned so much in 2016 the new japan working oh working, yeah before that working with like you know owens and oh, Rollins yeah. oh and yeah roman reigns and like this new yeah. generation of guys yeah sammy zane yeah ambrose like they're they wrestle a little bit differently than the way i was trained uh-huh. but it's a newer version so i would pick up the things that i could use from them oh wow and then once again this past year in japan you're yeah. always learning you have to always be learning yeah it's like anything else i don't care if it's your acting or whatever yeah you still have to continue to evolve that's part of being a professional yeah you know but speaking of that i want to talk a little bit about 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 acting your family yeah I mean, man it's a crazy like you, your sister, yeah. Trisha, your sister Roseanne. Rosanna. Rosanna. Rosanna, we call her. But. And your dad? My dad was an actor. actor he was great in uh, Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> man. That. He's oh, awesome that's in so it. awesome. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. But so you, My grandfather, too, was a guy named Charlie Weaver, who who was Cliff Arquette, but his character was charlie weaver he was on like the old hollywood squares yeah, yeah i know that name yeah he was he was a he's that was his stage name was charlie weaver yeah really yeah i didn't know that was your grandfather yeah yeah i remember that, that yeah, yeah. name from something yeah yeah you'll, you'll remember him he, hollywood I, squares like from, he was also 70s. on the original tonight show sorry i'm trying to take off that's what he looked like yeah oh yeah totally <laughs> he read letters home to mama yeah, but yeah. his parents were also actors and that's sort of another level of why i'm doing this mm-hmm. is because uh you know they went to, back to vaudeville you know in toledo ohio they had a little vaudeville show your grandfather and your my, father? my great-grandfather Grand- grandmother wow and then they had cliff who then sort of made the break from radio from vaudeville to radio and then from radio to television mm. and then my father and then uh do you have any other brothers or sisters uh, there was Alexis who oh, passed that's away. Right. She was a like wedding singer. Yeah, she was yeah. Boy George. Yeah, Alexis was amazing. That's right. She and just the recently bride of passed Chucky. away. Right? Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. And then uh, my brother Richmond too. Then a lot of people don't know my brother Richmond. He likes to keep a low profile and stuff. He, he's an amazing writer. Mm. Uh, but um, he uh, he delivers the box in seven. Like, what's in the box? He's the one holding the box. <laughs> like, great, I don't know, man. It's just... What a great just, claim to fame. Yeah, he's the what's in the box guy. So you grew up in a family of actors. This has been... It's been your destiny to do to do this. Yeah, I mean, my daughter Coco, like, we're, we tried to get her into soccer. We tried to get her into any kind of sport, swimming, and she just wants to act and sing. <laughs> you know, that's all she's... But she's doing stuff, right? Now she's, yeah. now she's acting, like, just plays and, like, yeah, yeah. school stuff, but she loves it. She has singing lessons and stuff like that and really loves doing these plays. She's doing two plays at the moment. That's so, amazing, though. Like, yeah. like I said, it's kind of your lineage. Did, what did I was going to ask you this before. I mean, and, and not just your family, but obviously I'm just assuming you have an agent. Yeah. You know, what did your agent say when you told him, uh, I'm going back into wrestling here? <laughs> yeah, that's... See, that's been a big part of this, too. I mean, in a perfect world, I've got a project that I've been pitching that I'm like, you know, I always pitch like, all right, Stone Cold could be the bad guy, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and Mick Foley could be my dad. And, like, I always like have these like like things, and people think of it as stunt casting or this and that. I was like, no, it's not. You guys don't understand the level of like, uh, honesty and like thinking on your toes like you know people who are successful in the entertainment industry it takes the same qualities as it does to like you know uh 
be successful in wrestling, be successful in business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But one of the reasons I think The Rock is just so successful in Hollywood is because he did all this stuff coming up. He was his own PR agent. He was his own, you know, manager, scheduler, yeah. and all this shit. So, so then when he starts putting it all together, he knows how to sort of sell it all. Right, exactly. So what did your agent say, though, when you told him you're going? They still didn't get it. I mean, yeah. I since have left my agency, so I just have my manager. <laughs> but my manager's cool and kind of gets it a little more than, you know, my, not that my agent didn't get it. They just didn't get it. Not mm. that they were against it or anything. But, uh, yeah, it's hard for people to understand. And it's hard for, like, a PR company to say, like, what is a death match? And mm. <laughs> why are you doing, what is going on? Why am I yeah. getting all these calls? And are you okay? And, uh, yeah, so. But you can't. Even my wife. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> when I first told her I was going to start wrestling again, she goes, oh, yeah, okay, come on. <laughs> she goes, like I was like, no, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, but that's sort of my relationship with the fans. <laughs> like everybody, everybody, like I've been doubted my whole career as yeah. far as this stuff goes, and even in acting, you know, it's a weird business. And you stick around long enough, you'll start to figure it out. But I was on a there's a kind of random and sounds like a name dropper thing, but I was on vacation with Brad Pitt one time, and I see him on the phone, and he's. It's like, well, just have him come, like, just have him let me come in the room and I'll show it to him. You know, I'll, I'll do all those scenes and I'll, and, and it was like, they won't even let me come in the room. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching Brad Pitt at the height of his career. Not be able to get an audition for a f Right, 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 right. I right. was like, wait a second. This is, this never ends. I was like, are you just <laughs> telling me this? Like, there's a level of where you can't, <laughs> even, you can't even get in a room. Oh, my gosh. That's unbelievable. That was unbelievable. I was just floored at that point. Was the Scream series kind of your biggest moment? Yeah, Because those movies sure. were huge. Yeah, they were huge. And that's this weird thing. Like, when you get a big, big movie and it, and it hits and connects and it only happens a few times and it's magical i mean for some people it happens more but when when all the pieces come together it's really important how you navigate that afterwards because mm -hmm. i've always been the kind of person that like does what i like i'll do a kid's movie i'll do horror film i'll try to do a comedy or you know what i mean i never really and i don't if i like the story and it makes sense and you know, maybe it's a first-time director, but I believe in him, and he's got passion, and he's a filmmaker. And so I'm never really too calculated about certain things, but it's really important to be kind of calculated about yeah. stuff. There's certain actors that you never see them on red carpets unless it's their movie. That's You'll true. never see them really in public getting their picture taken. They hide a lot. They're also the kind of people that say, if a fan comes up and says, can I get a picture, they say, like, sorry, I don't really do that. I uh, you know, I just take pictures on the screen, whatever, mm -hmm. which is always the most awkward situation to be, be watching. Like, I don't know how you do that. Like, that's a lot of boundaries. Yeah, picture. <laughs> I know you seconds, think right? that, but then there's a reason why some of those guys do that. And a lot of the time it's the bigger guys because they want to. Uh, someone said, like, why would they pay you know ten dollars to see you on camera if they could see you for free on the magazine or on the computer yeah i can understand there's also i, I can understand it but i don't subscribe to yeah it. you know there's other ones like like ringo star yeah. has a no picture policy <laughs> yeah, because peace of love peace, yeah, of, peace love. of love but i think everybody on the freaking planet would want to take a picture with ringo star right. so if you take one then suddenly you've got a line of 50 people and then you you know i i, I but i also heard that muhammad ali held up airplanes which everybody on the airplane, I'm sure, was pissed off. But everybody who got a picture with him oh, loved take, him. Well, okay. He would take a picture Hulk, with everybody. Hulk Hogan is like that. Yeah. Anybody that asks, he'll take it with them, whether yeah. it takes an hour or not. I right. guess it depends on what what you you know kind of a person you are or whatever. Yeah, be, yeah, right? totally. But what do you think of, of uh, like there's so much uh, content now? If you're talking about Netflix yeah. and who, I mean, there's so many great shows and so many yeah. great like if you're looking at a TV show, I don't know, like Game of Thrones. That's a movie yeah. one episode is a movie yeah like, there's so many places for for actors that can go work now yeah especially with a guy of your of your name value yeah. you know do you want to do 
more acting or do you still want to keep i've still been doing little I know stuff you have, here. but i mean yeah. do you want to really plunge back in again or are you just kind of doing your oh well I'm, I'm plunged you know what i mean yeah. i mean i have a film going to sundance which is pretty cool i mean it'll be the first time i've gotten back there in a long time it's called mope mope yeah mope's a, a mope's a guy who's a extra in a porn film <laughs> they're, they're like the lowest rung of the porn films so it's a do? really like fluffers or something uh, well no they're like the kind of guys that like watch like if there's a creepy situation or like get kicked in the nuts <laughs> you know it's really like the bottom barrel and they do everything they'll like be the you know they'll do anything behind the scenes and mm-hmm. and then they're always they like do bukkake scenes and gotcha. stuff like that. Like it opens on a scene Guys like that. No, it's no so harsh. Yeah. So, so what does that mean to you to go to Sundance? Like, does that give you some like prestige? It does, man. It's like Sundance is a. It's really hard to get a film that's good enough to make it in. So oh, then, man. and they're particular about what they like and what they don't like. So when they do like it, there's a cool factor of oh, you're in a cool film now, mm. and then. You know, it also those kind of cooler films, the indie kind of good ones when they turn out. And I do a bunch of them, and like some of them are better than others, and some of them connect with audiences, and some of them don't get seen. And mm-hmm. you know, it's such a weird time in business. But um, when they do, and and when you you can do that, and the right director sees it, and then they're like, oh, you don't need to be right for this or that or whatever. Right, or right, as people right. start talking about you more. I don't know. You might meet someone up there that you know wants you. Seems to me that you'd be like uh, the perfect candidate for a Tarantino movie. I know. I mean, all of my other, uh, all the other people in my family, Alexis and Rosanna, were both in. um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. And Rosanna's got one of the best parts ever. Yes, the the she was face. amazing. Yeah. Alexis is in that too. Alexis is the one who comes out of the room and's like pulling the gun, and none of the bullets That's come out. Right. That's yeah, Alexis. That's right. That's and right. then. Uh, uh, oh, so Richmond, I think Richmond, uh, no, he wasn't in. Oh, but Patricia was in True Romance, which was Tarantino wrote. Totally, man, yeah. So, I don't know. I, and I'd met him way back in the day. But, you know, it's 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 crazy. I'm sure he's got a ton of people so he's got to put in stuff. You grew up in this business, man, so you've seen it all. That's what I love about talking to somebody like yourself. You're like, yeah, yeah whatever, man. Sometimes they call you, sometimes they don't, whatever. Yeah. Where someone else would be like, I need them. Give me a shot, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I worked with Brando. Really? <laughs> I got to, it was on this last film, a movie called Free Money. No but kidding. yes, I got to work with Marlon Brando. Yeah, that How was, was that? a dream. Did you hear the stories of him just not giving a shit? No, he was sweet as hell to me. I mean, it was great. He said, uh, you wanna, it was snowing outside. We were in Montreal. He was like, uh, we were just waiting around. And he's like, do you want to sit in my car? There's a heater's on. I was like, sure. I'm like sitting in the back of the car, and I'm sitting directly behind him in the seat behind. He's in the passenger seat, and his wife is in the, or his girlfriend, I don't know, is in the uh, in the driver's seat. And I'm just looking at the back of his head, and he's asking me questions like, where are you from? How long have you been acting? <laughs> Something like this. I'm like, oh, I'm both talking to him. And it's been cold outside. And now I'm warm and I didn't have a cold, but I'm going like, yes. You know, I've, I was I grew up in Hollywood and I'm a, uh, do you have a cold? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think so. I'm sorry, Mr. Brando. <laughs> I'm going to get out now. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Have you, have you had uh, some experiences working with other guys like that? Oh, uh, well, you know, like, yeah, I got to work with Jeff Bridges, too, on a... So that's another guy who, like you grew up Wild in Bill. an acting family. Yeah, he Ooh, was, was just incre- incredible. He played Wild Bill and Wild Bill Hickok, and I played uh, Jack McCall, the guy who... What movie was kills him. Wild Bill. Oh, Wild Bill, gotcha. Yeah. And that was incredible just to work with him. When you ever work with those guys, it's like... You see why they're stars, you different, know what I mean? Different level, right? Yeah, sort of, but they just have a, I don't know, they're just, um, it's not so much a different level. It's its like meeting a lot of, I guess it's a different level. I just think they get it, you know what I mean? Well, some of them don't get it, which is really tragic. But uh, When you were growing up and your dad, you know, obviously was an actor, was it ever like, did you ever have some buddies come over to your house when you were a kid? It's like, yeah, my dad and his acting was like more... Uh, yeah, he did a lot of improv. So we'd go to like some of his improv shows. And one time there was Robin Williams was there and he was just like, 
just the greatest. And, you know, he does this Robin Williams thing where he's jumping around from characters and this and that. But then they had this one thing called Animal Transformation, which is a, a improv game where you get assigned a different animal or creature or something. And he was assigned a caterpillar. And uh, somebody else is a snake, or no, somebody else that's too close to a caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else is a lion or a giraffe, and then they wander around. And then, you know, let's like take these uh, animals and put them in a, a bus stop, and you know, yeah. whatever. So then, uh, so he's a caterpillar. And he he goes up to the curtain and he rolls himself in the curtain and he comes out and he's like this flaming butterfly. But that was like Robin Williams for you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you're watching that. So there was stuff yeah. like that. I mean, a lot of his friends were more of the uh, sort of indie, mm -hmm. like birth of improv guys. That would explain why he was in Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, exactly. Improv, right? Yeah. And that was awesome. Just to like, it was sort of toward the end of his life and to, to be able to sort of, you know, Christopher Guest to kind of invite him into the, his group mm -hmm. of like these guys was really great. What, uh, what was the? Do you remember the first wrestling show that you went to? The first wrestling match that you saw? Yeah, it was uh, Hulk Hogan and, and Andre the Giant at the <laughs> at the Los Angeles Sports Arena. That was like the height of the whole thing. And we used to go to a lot of the, you know, the the road shows. Mm -hmm. I was always like, oh, they never like, you know, the they never lose the belt or like yeah. nothing changed. Yeah. Like I was always kind of frustrated. <laughs> I remember uh, I saw it was a, a British Bulldogs versus Valentine and Beefcake. Yeah. And they used to do localized promos. I grew up in Winnipeg, oh, yeah? Canada. And I was like, Beefcake, Valentine, we've been running on the beach. We've been pumping weights. We're going to suplex you all over the ring. I'm like, yeah, they're going to suplex all over the ring match happens not one suplex nothing happens <laughs> this is when the guys are working like 300 days a year oh, and they're yeah. just like maybe like a shitty little hip toss or something yeah. like, there's no suplex they've been running on the beach I and know. pumping weights <laughs> i know but <laughs> you start to figure that out when you're a kid it's like okay i don't something's not uh, yeah right yeah i'm trying to figure out how i could like do like a not a gimmicky thing, but like how I could <laughs> not get hurt all the time. <laughs> I mean, you just... well, you're starting at you know at a at a later stage than most. Exactly, I'm 47. Yeah, so I'm 48. I've been doing this for almost oh, 30 years. Man, you're We've been amazing. doing it for you know three months. Give yourself a break. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like I said, as as we wind down here, just yeah. just the fact that you're doing it to me. I think you've gotten the respect that 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 you deserve for coming no, back to do thanks, it because a lot of guys wouldn't. And I also heard is this true? I was going to ask this earlier. Yeah. Did you donate the money that you made from that match to somebody? Uh, to, yeah, the Pillman family. That's and cool. A few others. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, from the original stuff. It just was. Yeah, it was supposed to be hidden, but then Paige told talked about it one time. Yeah, that's been. Out I think for because years. I was getting so much hammered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's been out there that you gave the money to, to Pillman's family. I think Owen's family got some of it or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's a, you know, that's what wrestling is to me. You know what I mean? It's a fa family. You know, mm -hmm. there's a total family element. And, and I also know that that's part of the reason why people got upset because you're not in there, the, that group. But then once, there was a really great thing right after I wrestled my first match with RJ City and then I came back into the locker room and they were and i finally felt accepted mm -hmm. and that was like oh cool man I've, it was a it was a good feeling mm -hmm. because the other times like guys like booker t were really nice but i was like in the ring i mean in the locker room one time and i said and everyone was so upset and i was like well booker t have you been the champion and he's like nope i've never been the champion so it was like oh man and uh and i was like canyon have you been the champion he's like, no yeah so then when I when I, I when I did the uh my promo I shot and I was like you know I don't deserve to be champion Booker T deserves to be champion Canyon deserves to be champion And then uh so I get, I I get why the, everyone's got upset but thank you for saying that and thank you for coming out here and yeah, man. No, like I said, I think it's really interesting to me. It's the same thing I find like with Billy Corgan, you know, yeah. promoting the NWA. And yeah. this is these are guys, yourself included, you don't have to do this. You're doing it because, I mean, it doesn't matter if you make 500 bucks a show or 5000 whatever. Right. Same with Billy. You're yeah. doing it because you love the business. And that's right. why 
I got into it and why I still do it. Yeah. You know, and that, like I said, it takes a lot of a lot of balls to do Wait, that. Wait, people now. make five thousand dollars a show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Apparently, I'm just kidding. I heard. <laughs> I heard Steve Austin made that. <laughs> Steve Austin. I heard he. Man. I heard he made five thousand dollars for one match. <laughs> I know. In one night. <laughs> Last couple of questions, dude. Uh, uh, what's 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 the favorite your favorite performance in a in a movie that you've done? What's your favorite character that you played? Mm -hmm. And then what's your favorite match that you ever had? Well, I always say Scream just because I, I met my ex-wife and I have my daughter. And like, mm. <laughs> for, as far as, but performance-wise, like actual character, there was a film called Dream with the Fishes that was really sort of personal. It was, I filmed it directly after I filmed Scream. And I went right from there to this. So I went from this sort of big horror movie to a little independent movie. And it just had such heart. It was based on a true story. Finn Taylor was an amazing director on that. That was really cool to do. Um, Scream, Scream was so huge too because it was such a antithesis of what a horror movie was at the time when yeah. it was almost like grunge coming out in the middle of glam metal. Like yeah, it was this yeah. crazy movie that makes fun of all the movies and that yeah. really worked. Yeah, yeah. And Wes totally. Craven, just a genius. Such know. a genius and such yeah. an amazing person to work with. I mean, to... Great directors are amazing. So I'd say... Uh, How about Eight-Legged Freaks? Yeah, that was fun. I that love was that just movie. like a fun, fun movie. I, I love spider movies because yeah. I'm from Kingdom of the Spiders with William <laughs> yeah. Shatner. So I always go... So I went and saw that in the theater with Hurricane, actually. Yeah, oh, you with, did. With I, love, yeah. I love... I got to wrestle with, uh, as him as my tag team partner, really? which was amazing oh, experience. That's cool. He's such a legend. Yeah, great guy. Great yeah. guy. Like He's you so said, funny. Oh, yeah. That guy's like the funniest. He's got that dry, dry sense of humor from uh, the woods. The best. The best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but what um what's your favorite match that you've ever had my favorite match i've ever had it was probably the one with hurricane because that was such a like a like a full circle but you got a great guy out there that call it for you yeah too. totally i mean there's nothing like working with those guys because was, was you it with guys, you and hurricane versus who me and hurricane versus um uh brian anthony and he's got a henchman uh oh man I'm we'll find it. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll look it up on YouTube and, and edit it in. His name's Anthony, too. Anthony. Oh, the other Anthony. Shit, I'm sorry, Anthony. We'll give him props at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. What's your finishing move? Uh, it's a diamond cutter. <laughs> I learned it from the best, and he said I could do it. So, did you ask him for permission? <laughs> yeah, I did. He, yeah, he told me like little tricks about it, but... uh. But it, I'm, I'm not a, like, well, I guess I'm a wrestler now. I've had to fill out on, like, hospital, like, fill-in sheets, yeah. like, occupation, I could put wrestler. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. When I, you uh, cross the border. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 my diamond cutter is not always necessarily a finishing move because it doesn't always stop them. If I do it too soon. They're coming to get us again. Still, this, it, ah! doesn't, it doesn't always work, those finishing moves. No, they don't. I know. Oh, Walls sometimes. Oh, damn it. I've had guys get out of it more than I've beaten Oh, guys. no kidding. I try, though. Yeah. You know, best, Some like, of them are, are, are for sure. Once in a while. You <laughs> get to do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like I said, much respect, man. And hey, uh, are you going to continue going for a while in wrestling? Yeah. Until, <laughs> until you uh, can't until do it anymore? Pry this belt from my gold dead hands. <laughs> Although I'll never win a belt again because I will never allow it to happen since I know now. You know what you have to do is you have to better. find like a Windy City Wrestling or another WCW and become the champion again. Yeah. So you can say you're a two-time WCW champion. Oh, yeah. Is that, wait, is there a... Uh, I don't know. There Windy, should be. No, I think the WWE took WCW, so oh, okay. I could never. But okay. I'd want to bring back the big gold. I don't know why it's not there. I, I, my favorite title is always the Hogan Eagle one. Oh, that That's Eagle one is yeah. beautiful. Title. It's, it's funny because they were just, uh, I don't know if I should even say this, they were showing me some designs for the AEW oh, title. Oh, God, congratulations. It's Thanks, so man. exciting. Yeah, man. but there's some real nice designs. That's like, oh, oh we gotta nice. do that one. It looks, yeah. yeah, old school. Yeah, it's a good time in wrestling, man. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's a good time for you to be, be back. So Thanks, man. Respect, brother. Respect. All right, so that tag match that Dave was talking about was actually last September for Northeast Wrestling at the Hudson Valley Community Center, Poughkeepsie. It was David and the Hurricane, Shane Helms, against King Brian Anthony and Lord Anthony Battle. That's a pretty cool name. But Dave is returning to Northeast Wrestling on August 16th for prison break. David and King Brian Anthony are taking on Jerry the King Lawler and Keith Youngblood. Wow, a little bit of Hollywood uh, versus Hollywood there and the, and the King versus Arquette. You can see it live on the High Spots Wrestling Network. 
go check that out. And I'm uh, very, very proud and uh, a lot of respect for Dave uh, for doing what he's doing to uh, show people that he really cares about wrestling and really loves wrestling. Two thumbs up, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show. And thanks for all of you who are coming on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Razor Part 2. We're closing in, setting sail January 20th uh, of 2020, but we're closing in. Guys, this is real. We are 96% sold out. It's so cool to be able to say that over five months away from the uh, from the sail, uh, sail away date. Uh, you don't have much time left, and I want you to be there. It's the vacation of a lifetime. I'm going to be there. AEW, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Cody, Hangman Page, Britt Baker, Brandy Rhodes, Nyla, Nyla Rose, uh, Jungle Boy, um, MJF, how funny was he last week on Talk is Jericho? So many other great uh, performers and Hall of Famers. Jake the Snake Roberts, um, uh, DDP is going to be there. Ric Flair, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman, Booker T, uh, Queen Charmel, uh, Victoria, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Shaw Guerrero, Vicky Guerrero. I mean, the list goes on and on. Rock and roll from Fozzie, Farewell to Fear, uh, Rubik's Cube, who's a great 80s cover band. Killer Queens, a great uh, female queen cover band. The Dave Spivak Project, Jared James Nichols, Light the Torch, Kick Axe, and of course, Brad Williams and Craig Gass and Bruce Jingles and Sarah Tian are going to make you laugh. And Dave Schrader and Beyond the Darkness telling you ghost stories under the light of the stars in the middle of the ocean. Don't miss it, guys. We're getting down to it. I mean, there's still cabins available, but not many. Uh, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Come join us for the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. And come join us when we rock with, uh, rock with uh, Nickelback. August 22nd in Uncasville, Connecticut. August 24th, Atlantic City, New Jersey. And then the Unleashed in the West Tour starting September 5th in Denver, going through Colorado Springs, Grand Junction, Salt Lake City, Crystal Bay, Nevada, San Francisco, California, Sacramento, California, the sold-out Bank of California Stadium with Iron Maiden in Los Angeles on September 14th, September 15th, Vegas, 18th, San Diego, 19th, Tempe, 20th, Tucson, 21st, El Paso, 25th, Dallas, 26th, Houston, 27th, Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi, Atlanta, Georgia, finishing off uh, September 28th. Jared James Nichols joins us for all those shows and Sons of Texas uh, playing with us on the Texas show. Go to FozzyRock.com for all information about the gigs, all ticket info, and all Fozzy VIP. We play uh, songs just for you at a private show when you're at Fozzy VIP. Like I said, recorded the new Fozzy song uh, this past week. It's super catchy, it's super hooky, and I can't wait for you to hear it. We'll be releasing all information on that. You will probably be hearing that on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Razor at Sea for sure, and probably on these uh, these new gigs coming up. So we're going to see you guys on the road, and we're going to see you on Friday as uh, my buddy filmmaker Tommy Avalone comes on. He's talking about his new documentary, The Bill Murray Stories, Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. Uh, Bill Murray, he shows up at places and does uh, funny, uh, just hangs out with people, does their dishes, plays in their band, plays kickball with families, and then disappears into the night. There's a whole madness behind Bill Murray uh, doing this. Very, very interesting stuff. Go check out the Bill Murray stories, Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man on Netflix. Get prepared. I'm going to talk all about it on Friday. In the meantime, and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big, yeah, boy. See you on Friday.